0: are Locked On Giants, your daily San Francisco Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Giants Baseball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Caspic, and I am thrilled to be with you again today. On this show, we provide daily episodes Monday through Friday, approximately 15 to 20 minutes in length. Talking about the San Francisco Giants in a way that's data-driven and rational, but also simple, passionate, and accessible to all. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Coming up on today's show, we're going to continue the conversation that we started yesterday, running through these Fangraphs preseason power rankings, positional, God, that's a lot of Ps, Fangraphs preseason positional power rankings that were basically just projections by position and then ranking how those projections thought each team would stack up against one another. So yesterday we looked at first base, second base, third base, and shortstop, and we found that pretty much across the board with the exception of probably third base a little bit the giants outperformed their projections and so today i want to look at catcher left field center field and right field and i think that'll pretty much take up our time and then we'll still have pitchers to look at later but we'll look at those projections and then we'll look at how the giants actually fared at catcher and the outfield on today's show First, a little bit about me. I've been a contributor for the baseball analysis sites Beyond the Box Score and Rotographs, which is part of Fangraphs. I started a Giants podcast called Covecast in 2015 and then joined the Locked On podcast network prior to the 2019 season. I'm also a lifelong diehard Giants fan. And so these projections, as we talked about yesterday, these we looked at these prior to the season. I went through position by position and it, I felt a little bit crazy to be honest because position by position, I found myself saying over and over, I think the giants will be better than this. I think this is a pessimistic projection. And I was honestly like questioning my own objectivity, but of course I did kind of hold strong and hold to what I believe to be true. So I think it's a fun exercise to look back at what these projections were and then see what ended up happening and then objectively try to analyze do I think this is a sustainable difference if there's a difference or just whatever the analysis may be position by position. So we'll start at catcher to wrap up our infield discussion and thankfully this was done by Fangraphs after Buster Posey opted out. So we do have the projections for the pl- a lot of the players who ended up actually playing for them. So the Giants, like they did at so many positions, ended up with a terrible ranking in terms of their projection. They came in at the 27th best catcher projection among 30 teams. Now, Fangraphs projected Rob Brantley to be the number one recipient of playing time at the catcher position. So just a side note, that's another issue when you're looking at projections, which a lot of people do, like these were kind of written about in the mainstream even, like oh, because when you look at the Fangraph's win-loss record projection for the Giants ahead of the season, or any team, you have to dig under the hood, because I found in numerous cases that they were projecting the wrong playing time to the wrong players, which is understandable if you're not in the trenches with that individual team and you're just having to guess based on the personnel. But, like, I, I remember as an example, Darren Ruff was not included anywhere on these projections. So, as we move to the outfield, I don't think we're going to find Darren Ruff. And I had to send somebody a message at FanGraphs and say, look, Darren Ruff is probably going to play like every day against left handed pitching. So he's going to get a lot of at-bats, and he's not even listed. So that's what's getting baked into the the record projection for the Giants. You have to understand who are they projecting is even going to play, and then are there circumstances where you feel like they're underrating or overrating somebody. So that was rampant here. So again, it's happening at catcher where Rob Brantley, I don't think any of us ever expected he would be the guy getting the most playing time with Tyler Heineman. And Chadwick Tromp seeming like the more likely candidates. But a total projection of 0.4 wins above replacement for Giants catchers. And a collective batting performance of a 238 average, 294 on base, and 356 slugging. So, what did they actually do? Well, they put up 0.1 fangrafts wins above replacement. So, What is kind of crazy about it, though, is that the Giants ended up coming in 21st out of 30 teams in this category because nine teams were worse than 0.1 wins above replacement from their catchers. So if you wanted an example of why having catching talent and depth is so important, it's because catchers are terrible around Major League Baseball right now. As kind of bad as Giants catchers were, they were not nearly the worst team. And collectively, their catchers ended up with a 265 on base and 325 slugging. So they did underperform the projection, but they had the players all wrong. It ended up being Bart got the most playing time, Tromp and Heinemann got about the same amount of plate appearances as Bart between the two of them. And all three players were just well below average offensively. So there's not really much else to say there except the point about the players being the wrong players and that you have to really know what's under the hood. Like, because a lot of people cited that, you know, the giants fan projects the giants to go. This zips projects the giants to have this record. Well, they had the players wrong in terms of who was going to even be on the team. So that has to factor in when you're, deciding whether or not to take those projections seriously so moving on to the outfield we'll start in left field where the giants once again ranked 26th so they're consistently in the bottom five here in these projections and as we know that didn't end up being the case at all catcher was accurate to an extent third base was accurate to an extent but otherwise first base second base shortstop and as we'll see now in left field projections were going to be all wrong so 26th with 0.2 collective wins above replacement out of the position they projected Alex Dickerson to get most of the playing time and to be not very good 263 average 328 on base 431 slugging that's a very mediocre projection for Alex Dickerson and it was one I'm sure I said prior to the season this seems too low and he could easily outperform this So then in part-time roles, they had Hunter Pence, Jalen Davis, Austin Slater, Chris Shaw, and Drew Robinson getting the rest of the playing time. So anyway, let's just look at what the Giants actually did in left field. Well, this surprises me a little bit. They came in 23rd out of 30 teams, and the projection was for 26th. They had... 0.3 wins above replacement with a 0.2 projection. So I'm kind of eating my words here. Looks like the Giants' production in left field was not nearly as good as I thought. I'm going to have to see what's up with that. Ah, it was Hunter Pence and another cast of characters, Luis Basabe, Stephen Duggar, and Joe McCarthy, along with Pence, who all produced negative wins above replacement at the position, dragging down ruff and dickerson who combined for 1.6 wins above replacement but what was really wrong was the individual projection for dickerson again they projected 328 on base 431 slugging he ended up with a 371 on base and 576 slugging so just way way better than the projection darren ruff also was phenomenal 370 on base 517 slugging Between the two of them, that's like MVP-type numbers. And eventually, they figured out that was the best combination. Hunter Pence was just absolutely dreadful. And he did have a lot of plate appearances, so that dragged them down at the position. All right, coming up in the second half of the show, we're going to look at center field and right field. And I think these are very interesting positions because Mauricio Dubon was like not even in the picture. At center field, I'm curious to see who they had playing there. And then the the Austin Slater and Mike Yastrzemski performance in right field was just phenomenal. So we're going to see a huge difference between the projections and the actual results. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use on more important things like the mortgage or food. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? Random example, a fuel pump assembly for a 2005 to 2010 Honda Odyssey costs $353.99 at Advance, which is a big chain store, and $216.79 at RockAuto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. RockAuto.com's prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. Best of all, RockAuto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. All right. As promised here in the second half of the show, we're going to continue to run through these preseason positional power rankings on fan graphs compared to what the Giants actually did in 2020 in the 60 game season. So as we talked about yesterday, Mauricio Dubon was projected to play second base primarily. So I'm very curious to see who ends up in center field. I can't remember who uh, we kind of thought was going to play center field. I guess it was Possibly Yastremsky with somebody else in right? I can't remember. So let's just let's just look. Ah yes, Mike Yastremsky projected to be the primary center fielder. Although combined Steven Duggar, Billy Hamilton, Mauricio Dubon with cameos from Jose Siri and Austin Slater projected to have a lot more playing time than Yastremsky. So a real timeshare. In terms of the projection, I'm sure they were just hedging their bets and kind of just not knowing who was going to play there, so they gave some playing time to everybody. But anyway, a, a total projection of a of 0.4 wins above replacement at center field, well below average offense, 3.04 on base, 3.78 slugging. The projection for Mike Yastrzemski, was a 244 average, a 313 on base, and a 426 slugging. That's a below-average offensive line. So let's look at what a- actually happened in center field. Well, 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 the Giants were, wait for it, first in all of baseball in center field wins above replacement. Angels were second, and that is the Angels have a certain player named Mike Trout on that team but the giants came in ahead. It's a little bit weird how they do this, do this. I'm not going to lie. And so honestly, this, this might actually not be true. And we're going to have to adjust this a little bit because what it seems to me that they're doing is that they're just putting Mike Yastrzemski and his entire season in center field here because he played enough center field to qualify as someone who played center field. But it's not breaking it apart, seeing what he did when he was, quote-unquote, in center field as a defender. So forget the fact that I'm saying they're first, because that's counting the entirety of Yastrzemski's season plus Mauricio Dubon's season. Let's just say Mauricio Dubon and Mike Yastrzemski got most of the playing time in center between the two of them. I They're not making it clear who played how much at the position, but... Looking at Yastrzemski, I guess we're gonna do this now. Again, projection was a 244 average. He ended up at 297. Projection was for a 313 on-base percentage. He ended up at 400. Projection was for a 426 slugging. He ended up at 568. So we definitely, definitely had a show about the right field or center field projection. And how Yastrzemski, they just thought that what he did in 2019, especially after the All-Star break, was not sustainable. And that he would come crashing down to earth and just be a very mediocre player. But that is definitely not what happened. Yastrzemski ended up being a legitimate MVP candidate. He's going to get MVP votes for sure. Like he's probably going to finish like fourth or fifth. At some point, we'll look at that and we'll definitely talk about it when the award gets announced and look at the voting. He's not going to win it, but he's going to get a lot of MVP votes as he should. And so I just want to take this moment to say you cannot just always believe the projections. You have to do a little bit of your own scouting and do a little bit of, you know, understanding that the coaching staff is going to help this guy even more. Gabe Kapler is going to put him in the best possible position to succeed if he needs to platoon a little bit, which he ended up not needing. So they let him face a bunch of lefties and he did very well. But anyway, I know some people like really just think the projections are everything and that you, there's no possible deviation, but we saw it big time here with Yastrzemski. And for Dubon, he ended up hitting 274 with a 337 on base and 389 slugging 0.5 wins above replacement by himself. And the projection for him was to have a 300 on base. So he was 37 points higher, 394 slugging, which was right around where he actually was. All right, moving on to our final position, right field. I don't know who they're going to have there. If Yastrzemski was projected to play center, I think they'll put some at-bats for him in right. I think they were expecting him to split time, and then we'll also probably see Austin Slater again, and we'll get to talk about him. Ah, yes, the Giants in right field projected at 26th. It was just incredible. 27th, 26th, 25th. If you believed those, you really were going to be pessimistic about the Giants, but it's just across the board not what ended up happening. Ah, yes, Jalen Davis projected to get the second most plate appearances at right in right field. And I would have believed that he, I did expect him to play a lot there and possibly platoon with Yastrzemski, but that is not how it ended up up going. But anyway, once again, we see these pessimistic projections for Yastrzemski as the primary right fielder and, you know, Jalen Davis getting 50 ish plate appearances there. Austin Slater getting 30. They also projected some plate appearances for Austin Slater in left. And then Hunter Pence getting a handful, Joe McCarthy getting a handful. So a collective projection of just 0.3 wins above replacement from right field. So how did the Giants end up doing? Well, according to Fangraphs, they were fourth. But I think the methodology is a little off here because we're going to get all of Yastrzemski at the position. They're also throwing all of Hunter Pence in right. I don't know what they're doing, but... Suffice it to say, I know we know Yastrzemski played mostly in right field. And so the Giants very seriously were definitely one of the top teams in terms of their production out of the position. Austin Slater also played a bunch of right field. Jalen Davis only ended up with 12 plate appearances. So he was like a non-factor there. But Yastrzemski, as we said, just had the monster season 2.7 wins above replacement by himself. Remember the projection for him, according to Fangraphs, in a 60 game season was 0.3 wins above replacement. And he ended up with 2.7, nine times more wins above replacement than the projection. So by himself, he literally added two and a half wins to the Giants versus this projection. And Austin Slater is another guy who we just need to talk about now. A product seemingly of the coaching staff, and obviously credit to Slater, a willingness to work on his game and work on his swing and work on his approach, but just a great season for Slater. Hit the ball in the air more than he ever has. Walk rate was a career best, just hitting for power more than he ever has. Ended up hitting 282, but with a 408 on base percentage and 506 slugging 1.2 wins above replacement by himself the projection was for 0.1 so another win by himself over what this projection was saying projection was for 337 on base he was 408 projection was for a 393 slugging and he was 506 so just massive outperformance Right field, center field, left field, if you're just looking at Ruff and Dickerson, shortstop, second base, first base. The only positions really catcher and third base where the pessimistic projection came true and nobody really stepped up to have a very good season. So I think we're going to table this discussion for next week because I did promise we're going to do a mailbag every week. And that's generally been on Friday. So look out for the prompt on Twitter and definitely look out next week for when we continue this conversation. But Q&As are always really fun. So if you have a question, submit it to me on Twitter at Ben Caspick. That's K-A-S-P-I-C-K. Really hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you're a fan of the show, please consider rating it or leaving a review. Whatever you can do is very much appreciated. Thank you so much for listening. And until then, we'll see you next time.